we are here with Anel, the 2017 National Sphinx Competition winner and all-around amazing violinist. If you have not seen her YouTube channel, you have to check it out. I love your vibrato. I told you that earlier. Okay, so you read this book, The Mozart Season, when you were 13 years old, you think? That's right. Okay, so what about this book made you reach out to the author? Well, the funny thing was that when I was reading the book, there were so many similarities between me and the main character, Allegra, that it was almost like I was reading about myself, but like in a future tense. It was really almost like surreal. Every chapter in the book was so just enchanting. I'm like, what's going to happen to her next? I can relate to this girl so much. And by the end of the book, I had such a, an uplifting feeling that, you know, never give up. Everything's meaningful. You can't focus your life just on one thing and put all your eggs in that basket. You know, everything in life is worth the price. So after I read it, it kind of changed my outlook on how I was going to competitions as a violinist and how I was living my life at 13. And my mom suggested, you know, something that made that big an impact on you, we should try to find the author and tell her about it. So I read her letter. <laughs> and then she wrote you back. She did. I was not expecting a response. Like, oh, I just thought I'm writing some kind of celebrity and, you know, they may never get it. But like a couple weeks later, I got a mail back from Virginia Ewer Wolf. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, she's really cool, isn't she? Mm -hmm. Talking to her. So you guys got to meet too, like in person. Yes. Yeah. You met her in New York City, you said? Yes. Um, about maybe eight years after we'd been writing each other back and forth by snail mail, um, I was on a tour to New York City where she was uh, living at the time. And she came down with her daughter and I got to meet her in person, have lunch and everything. It was amazing. So cool. How fun. Yeah, she really, she loves you. When I was, when I was talking, interviewing her, she told me about you and I watched <laughs> you on YouTube and I thought, my gosh, why have I not seen this violin? She's <laughs> incredible. And she lived, you live in San Diego, right? I mean. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. Were you in the Youth Symphony here? The San Diego Youth Symphony? I was. I was in, I was in all three of them, actually. Oh, you were? Me. Oh, my God. Uh, huh. So how old were you when you started playing? I was eight when I started on violin. Um, and the first orchestra, like the first youth symphony I was in was around 10 years old. I started, I was so bad that they actually put me last chair, third violin. I wasn't even good enough to play second violin. So <laughs> I worked my way up. <laughs> now you're playing Paganini. That's so, you know, and that is the message in the book. Mm -hmm. Give up, you know, because exactly. you don't you know. never know what's happening next. You, you really don't. It's life. It just starts to unfold and you may not be where you want to be right now, but it unfolds and you keep going and you prepare as if it's going to happen. And then when it does, you're ready, you know, mm -hmm. that yeah. was a really great message. I also got from this book. And that's also what I want all of the readers to get is to that. Cause sometimes I think people compare themselves to other people so much that they forget who they are after a while. And, and, where they're going and where they sh they really want to be, which I felt was, was Allegra's journey, you know, too, as she was started playing, you know, well, she was getting ready for the competition and she wasn't sure she wanted to do it, you know, and then she was thinking things through and she's still a, a young person. So her life's still unfolding. So oh, I love that you were, you went all the way up and now you're playing solo. <laughs> 
You went from the back to the front. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. <laughs> I was okay. Practice a lot. I did. Well, I I did not practice as much as like people might think. They want to think I practice maybe you know four to six hours a day. I wasn't one of those people. I tried to get by on two to three hours a day. Um, and at the time of that competition, when I was reading the book, I was probably practicing about. Um, now it's a little bit less. Now when you're a professional, it's a little easier, actually, but I still try to keep it in an efficient manner. Right. It has to be efficient practice. It's like practicing well versus practicing a long time. You know, that's huge. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then, so, okay, so you said that you felt you had a lot of similarities with Allegra. So what, do you, what were the, what would the similarities be? Well, um, she was 12, I was 13, so age similarity. Uh, I believe in the book she has a cat. I also had a cat at the time, played a major role in the music. Um, her teacher, I believe, is Russian, Mr. Kaplan. I was also studying with a Russian teacher, and we happened to be playing the very same concerto for a competition coming up. Wow. So I, I felt like I was reading about the results of the competition, and in fact, um, I don't want to spoil anything, but the competition procedure and everything about it was like exactly how it turned out in my competition. That's so awesome. <laughs> I know, we said we were not going to spoil anything for everyone. They can read this and figure it out. <laughs> That's so funny. Did you, uh, so you, you were playing the same piece. It was a Mozart concerto in D major, right? Before. And then, so what would your favorite solo be if you're going to perform a solo tomorrow? Oh, a solo tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> so many choices. Um, I think if it were to be like a solo violin, no accompaniment, it would definitely be one of the Isaiah sonatas. Those are absolutely gorgeous music and really, really difficult, but so worth it. If it's with orchestra, I'd probably play the Tenet of Concerto that I recorded on my CD. Ah. Yes, we're going to get a copy of the CD, well, one of your CDs, and I'll put in the notes later. You guys have a chance to win the CD. Hey, I was going to have you like sign the CD. Like, oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> cool. oh, okay, there we go. Um, okay. <laughs> so when did you start playing? Oh, that was one of my questions. Mm -hmm. Did you have a cat, right? You have a cat. Yeah, and I have two at the time. <laughs> How many cats? I had two cats at the time. Oh, I love cats. That was always like, one of my favorites. One of them used to sit by my feet whenever I would practice. Oh, really? My cat would climb up my leg whenever I practice. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, with the shoes, the claws. Oh, my gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, I had to put her outside. All right. Go chase some mice while I'm doing this. Do, okay, here's a question, too. The similarities of you and Allegra. Do you ride your bike in the middle of the night? Mm -hmm. I do not. I don't think my parents would have allowed me to go outside in the middle of the night. That was what I think she snuck out though, didn't she? Well, you, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would have gotten punished for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. I think I think so. Yeah. I don't even think I'd do it now when I'm an adult. That's true. It's too too much. Um, <laughs> and then okay, so ever okay, you performed in New York City. 
that one time you went in there, were you playing in, which hall were you playing in? What, what type of concert were you doing? Ah, that was for, I was a soloist for the Sphinx Virtuosi Tour. Sphinx Virtuosi is like a, a chamber ensemble of maybe 20 people. And I was one of their featured soloists that year. We played at Carnegie Hall and I met Virginia right before we played there. Oh, how cool. Oh, I think that's on YouTube, isn't it? Awesome. If it, is, if, if it is, it's illegally on YouTube. Oh, wait. Oh. <laughs> I saw you. Well, maybe it was. I don't know what it was. It was. <laughs> it, might, it might be if somebody took a cell phone recording of it. It was. It was. Um. I wonder if it was a promo video. You were playing the Sibelius. Ah, oh, that was it. It looks very similar. The stage looks like almost identical. It's in Detroit, that one. Oh, okay, gotcha. So I was watching another video, everyone. <laughs> that video. Cool. And um, and so when you were taking lessons, did you study with a teacher in San Diego or were you like going to Los Angeles? Um, I mean, for college, I went to LA. But when I was studying here, um, both like during the college before and a little bit after, I had a teacher, um, Russian teacher here in San Diego, Michael Seitlin. Oh, okay. Is he still here? Yeah, he, he lives about 10 minutes from me. I see him every month. <laughs> Are you still, do you still work with him now here and there? I don't, not as a student, but I edit and publish music books for him and we're friends. So we're oh, cool. Oh. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> I think, um, I think that's so good to have, like, just to, to keep that connection because the teachers are like with Allegra, her teacher's so important to her, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's so, it's great that you're keeping that connection with him. And I remember at the beginning of the book, in fact, I have the book right here, um, that stitched on the pillow, I went over this with Virginia, we were saying, needle point pillow on a chair, on one side is a violin, the other side says a teacher is someone who makes you believe you can do it. And I, I love that. I was, and I like that that's the opening, that's the beginning of the book. Mm. And because teachers are, that you're very important. So for they you, are. how, how, in what ways was your teacher that type of teacher that Allegra had? Ah, uh, I mean, for, for me, my teacher was almost like a second set of parents. So I took both the wife and the husband. They're both violinists. So I saw both of them at one point, like four times a week. So we had recitals, lessons, chamber music, everything. And uh, it, it was really someone that like Allegra, he wasn't just a teacher. He was also sort of a mentor, someone I could look up to, someone to ask for advice, someone to kind of guide me through growing up as a violinist, not just from a musical standpoint. So it was a lot, a lot like what Allegra says in the book. Right, and I think and teachers do, they'll, they'll... So if you were taking lessons from both of them, mm -hmm. a lot of lessons. <laughs> yeah, right. I spent a lot of days at their house. <laughs> and you did chamber music too? How fun. Yeah, yeah, we had, and they had recitals like every other weekend. So, and you were just expected if you could play something, you should play something. So you're there every Saturday. Yeah, right. Did they make you play it all memorized all the time? Or? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not too much of a problem. I have photographic memory, but it was like expected. Yeah, you know, you kind of give up by memory. Okay, I knew one other person with a photographic memory, and I was always like, "How do you? How do you look at something and remember it? What and like, does that ever get to be too much in your head?" <laughs> <laughs> 
So, okay, so... You know, it, it, it does accumulate. <laughs> does it? <laughs> yeah, it's... Well, it's also the problem. You can only watch movies so many times, right? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> and you can just watch him in your head at night while you're going. Basically, yeah. <laughs> and so, okay, so if, if it's your photographic memory. When you're remembering something, do you see, like, the page and then all the words on it, or do you just remember the words? Is it um, visual or...? I mean, if it's like a book, like reading a book, I can remember both. Uh, it's like music. Usually, I can, I mean, I remember the tune, but I can also remember for things that are similar, like if something has two similar passages but different endings, I won't necessarily remember how it goes, but I remember on page seven, we go to that ending, and on page two, we go to that ending. Oh, that's helpful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice and repetitive music. <laughs> Yeah, you don't want to like take the wrong ending and then go back to the beginning over and over. Like, right, so right. <laughs> time glitch. You're like, get me out of here. <laughs> and so, too, like when you were a kid, what was the moment where you realized, I want to do this for a living? I want to be a violinist. Ah, um, very specific moment. There was, I was playing um, all sorts of instruments at my school. So I was on drums, bass, guitar, guitar, violin, piano, you name it. Um, and I was, I was pretty good at violin, not like outstanding, but above average. And my teacher jokingly said, oh, you're so good, you could go to Juilliard one day. And I thought he was serious, and I was like, oh, yeah, maybe I am that good. <laughs> so I thought, I'm gonna make violin my career. Later, many years later, we found out it was a joke, but no, it seemed to work. <laughs> you know what, maybe, maybe he just planted the seed in your head and you're like, I'm doing it. That's it. I think too, like, I think when you believe something and you're going to go, that's your intention and you go for it. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's, yeah. I think that's more important than, you know, practicing and trying to get in, but not thinking that you can, like it's, it's right. that one thing. Mm -hmm. you know? The mindset is so important. Yeah. Who was I talking to last, uh, last October, I was taking a bunch of you know, just practicing classes and how to organize your practice and stuff. And, and they had said that they were like, mindset is everything. Mm -hmm. you know, when you go up there, you have to believe you can do it. Even if you're a little nervous yeah. about if, it. If you're just practicing over and over, but you're still. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's so, Hey, that was a good teacher. <laughs> I'm glad you took it that way. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm glad my parents took it that way too. <laughs> that's so many. That's so much. I remember when I was a kid, um, we, you know, I started violin, and I remember, I remember opening the case, and I had my little Suzuki violin. And it was like an abnormal yellow color, you know, with a blue inside, and I was like, "This is the most beautiful thing ever." I remember, oh. and then I picked it up, and it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so hard to get a sound on the violin, and I always mm -hmm. tell my students. You have to, you know, you have to, it's all like weight and speed. You get your bow hold, you parallel to the bridge. There's all these things you're constantly. Yeah, yeah just little details. <laughs> all those details. And if you get one wrong, the violin will. Yeah, it doesn't on, react you. well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it takes a lot of practice. For sure. Yeah, it's, I remember my first night picking up a violin. It was also like, why is this so hard? <laughs> Yeah, I was, oh my gosh, I was sharing a story yesterday with someone, um, so I started a, a five-year-old, and she's like, I don't, you know, this isn't right, this violin, and I told her a story, I had another five-year-old, Marika, and she had her lesson, and then the next week she came in, and she said, 
Miss Susan, my violin's broken. And I was like, oh. So I looked at it and I'm adjusting. I'm like, there's nothing wrong with this. She's like, why doesn't it sound like yours then? I said, well. Oh my gosh, that's cute. I know. I was like, blame your equipment. She was so cute. I said, well, it will. You just have to work at it. So that's it. So I that's love that you're, you know, you're, you get in, you start playing and then now you're doing the solos. It's like, you just, you just climbed through, you did it. And yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Or you do the more reward. <laughs> exactly. And it, it does take a lot of work. That's like, that's, I, I want to make sure my students hear this part of <laughs> okay. the interview. Cause I'm like, look, you know, it does. And it, it looks so easy. But it takes a lot of work. Uh, also, yeah, students, you have to do a lot of failure to get even a little bit of success. So, yeah, you, when you lose a competition, when you make a mistake, it's all a learning process. Like, you have to go through it. You do, yeah. And you just have to keep going. And that's that's the one thing I, when I was starting this book. I read this book years ago. Um, I was playing, I was freelancing in an orchestra, and Virginia was there, actually, and I didn't know it. So someone gave me this book and they're like, oh, you should read this book. It's really, it's a really good book. So I read it as an adult, I read it. And I thought, wow, this is a really, really good book. And I remember Virginia telling me when she was writing this, she said to herself like, oh my, I don't think I can write this book. She kept saying like, but she just kept doing it and doing it. And then she's like, and then here, here it is. Yeah, so, yeah. So if anything, you guys out there, I want you to know that you have to keep working at something. And it's gonna happen. Just like I got home on the freeway today. See <laughs> me getting here. Well, I <laughs> I'm gonna get one of your CDs and I have my students, they're gonna do a little scavenger hunt through the book and do that, and then we'll get you a an autographed CD by Nell K. Gregory. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was so nice meeting you. And I'm going to put a link to your website and Thank you. YouTube channel. And I did subscribe to you on YouTube. I don't know if you noticed. And I also <laughs> followed you on Instagram as well. Did you have an Instagram page? Yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, so I'll put all that stuff down. And yeah, and thank you. Thank you so much for sitting thank down you. and yeah. talking. And it was such a pleasure to meet you. You too. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. <laughs>